Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett. Today we're joined by three local nonprofits, Basic Dignities, Naperville Senior Task Force, and the Young Naperville Singers. watching Spotlight and joining me now from Basic Dignities is Trisha Fragan and Brittany Sterling. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And Tisha, we're going to start with you. Remind our viewers, what is Basic Dignities? Sure. Basic Dignities was founded to do one significant project at a time in order to change the lives of an entire community. So we've done water projects. We've helped people south of the border stay as long as needed. Um, before they cross over by sending um, necessities like food and changes of clothes and toiletries, things like that. We helped a school in Kenya reopen after COVID by providing them with desks and books and cups for drinking water because they were stuck closed until every student had their own everything. And recently we have started a scholarship program for women in underdeveloped countries who are interested in doing university education for medicine, engineering, or education. All very much needed, right? Because yes. you're working in a lot of um, undeveloped uh, countries, right? And places that really need those basic dignities, right? So talk a little bit, Brittany, about what you're doing with the scholarships, because that's new, obviously, but also, you know, it's foundational. Very yes. educational and it pays it forward. So talk about that. Sure. Um, so we're focusing on young women who yet yeah, want to go into the STEM field. Um, and we're really looking for students that are community-minded, you know, that really want to give back to their communities. They want to stay in their hometowns. Um, and they really want to build up, you know, where they're from. And so um, we have a couple students in Kenya, some in Malawi, um, some in Uganda, and then a few in Gabon. Um, and so just off the top of my head, a, a couple of our students that have really, you know, made a big impact on us. Um, we have one student... Aria, um, she is a nursing student in Uganda, um, and you know she's just really driven, and she has seen you know people suffering her whole life in her community in her village um, from not having sufficient nursing care, and specifically in the OB field. Um, and so she really wants to go back to her community, study nursing, um, you know, and become a midwife and, and study OB nursing, and go back and be able to help the women in her village. Um, we also have an education student, um, Jemima. She is in uh, Kenya. Um, she wants to study uh, either either teach chemistry or biology when she graduates. Okay. Um, and she just talks about how important the sciences are and how important it is to get women involved in the sciences. You know, she said science is the future. Um, and it's so great to see, you know, that drive and how she wants to bring up, you know, people around her as well. Yeah. Now, okay, so you're sure. in lots of different places. Absolutely. How are you connecting there? How, what's the process? I mean, sure. Um, so we have been really fortunate um, just through other nonprofits, um, through kind of personal connections. We've met just a lot of people and a lot of people that really you know, want to make an impact. So um, everyone that we have connected with, we've made a personal, made through a personal connection. So um, we, you know, we have uh, one person in each country that we're calling you know, our boots on the ground, our mentors. Um, and so we are 
bringing them in and having them kind of act as a, a mentor to our students on the ground. So the students in Malawi, they have a woman that they work with they can go to if they're having issues with school, issues with roommates, anything like that, since we're not there. Okay, that's wonderful. Yeah. And you're, you're just building that larger network, right? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So now, Tricia, I mean, all of these things are not without challenges, right? And particularly when you're working with multiple different countries. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. How do you, how do you deal with those? So... One of the biggest challenges, unfortunately, is even just how to get the funds to the people that need them. We are paying tuition to the university, but we also have a stipend going to the students so that they can actually afford to live and eat. We have had students who literally did not have any food, mm. and they couldn't focus on their studies because they just, they were so hungry. So we provide for rent and some food. We will occasionally give them funds to travel home during school breaks and for special holidays. But again, when you're working with these nations, um, because there's so much corruption in the governments, a lot of the time we have no way of getting the funds to them. We have, you know, to send a bank transfer costs us $50. Mm -hmm. Sometimes $70 is all a student needs to live on for a semester. So, so hard to put that money into the transfer, right. right? So we try to make every dollar count that comes in to go directly toward them, but we need people who are willing to say, okay, we'll help you take care of these fees so that you can keep taking care of the students. In addition, you know, we've, been get, we've gotten these, the funds to these young women, and some of them come from remote villages, have known poverty all their life, and they get this money and go, what do I do now? And this is what actually led to getting those boots on the ground mentors for each of the students who could help them work through that, whether by teaching them about budgeting or only giving them a little bit of money at, the, at a time to cover their actual immediate expenses because we were finding that, that it just was, it was making them nuts. They just didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to handle it. So along with the education they are getting from the university, they're also getting practical life skills on how to manage money. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that is so important. I mean, we talk about that with our, with our own youth, right? Yes. It's that whole, you know, very practical, daily, in and out, how do I manage a budget? And if you've never experienced that, then right. that is something you've got to kind of learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brittany, talk a little bit. I mean, you've talked about the challenges, and they're always numerous. And I think for many nonprofits, it's always how do you make those dollars go as far as they possibly can? And so they're always the working dollars, not the non-working dollars, which is like bank transfer yep. fees, right? right. Um, but what are the things that you're most proud of and the, and the best part about doing this work? Yeah, oh my gosh, getting to know the students has been just incredible. You know, these are some really incredible young women who want to change the world, you know, and when you talk to them, they're just so driven and they have, you know, these huge dreams and you think, you know, they're smart young women and to be able to give them the opportunity um, to go to school and, you know, possibly achieve these dreams has just been um, incredible for us. It's been really cool to be a part of. So. Yeah, one one person at a time, right? It right, starts. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Trisha, what's next? So, we are going to continue running this program as long as we possibly can because if you look in Jewish or Muslim teaching, it talks about if you take one life, you've taken a nation, and if you save one life, you've saved a nation. So maybe by educating one person at a time, we can educate a nation and change their world. Um, but we also are missing the, the big project, 
portion of what we do. So we are going to circle back to probably doing another water project. And since Brittany is the water engineer by trade, I'm going to turn it over to her to talk about what we're going to do for a water project. And she's going to talk Sorry. right over my head with water engineering. But go, Brittany, <laughs> no, go. No, absolutely not. So we're, yes, we're planning on doing another water project in um, Soy, Kenya. And so it's a small community. Um, we're looking at putting in a sustainable system um, like we've done before. So it'll be a solar-powered pump. Um, a lot of these areas don't have consistent power. Um, so if you put in something that you know needs to run off the grid, it doesn't always work. Um, so we're looking at solar power, and we're also looking at um, putting us kind of a centralized tank so people from the community um, as long as they can walk there, we'll be able to use it. Okay. Um, in addition, we try to use locally sourced resources, you know, so um, local tanks, local piping, um, local contractors, any way that we can get money into the local economy and really build them up um, is, is our focus as well. So. Yeah, I love that because it's not just about the long-term impact of the project itself, it's right. the project in the development is also having an impact on the community. And I would think with the solar power, I mean, sustainable, which is also a big right. part. So Critical. it's kind of like a double a double win, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what, what are you thinking? What's kind of your projection if you were like, okay, everything goes well, what do we think? Oh gosh, um, in, in terms of timeline? Yeah. Oh, well, we were hoping to have all the funds raised to do the water project, possibly at the beginning of next year. So okay. we try to work around rainy versus dry season. Oh, um, yes, yeah. okay, it's, yeah, it's that a, makes sense. Sure. It's a lot easier to drill, obviously, in the dry season when you're not, you know, working through all the mud. Um, and their dry season is going to be um, our winter, and so okay. January, February, that time frame. So okay. as long as we can raise the funds, that's our hope. So. Okay. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed for you that you can. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you both for coming on, for sharing the new work that you're doing, and I'm excited <laughs> for you to go back to a project that I know was a big part of you guys getting started. So thank that's you so exciting. much. Thank you so much and thanks for having us. Absolutely. And if you are interested in learning more about basic dignities, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Growing your family, opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Be a Naperville Crime Stopper. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette, and joining me now from the Naperville Senior Task Force are Rob Williams and Lisa Kirchner. So nice to have you both with me. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to start out with you, Rob. So talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the whole area of affordable housing with seniors. because. It's a challenge. It definitely is a challenge, and this is a challenge that we're finding nationwide, not just here in Naperville. But uh, we just want to focus, at least that's what we do in the Senior Task Force, is focus on Naperville and the issues that uh, are confronting seniors trying to find affordable housing. Um, so we, we find that affordable housing is really difficult in Naperville because it is a higher income community in general. And there are lots of folks, lots of seniors who want to stay in Naperville after they retire, 
but when they find themselves on a more fixed income, uh, finding an affordable place is, is tougher. Uh, so by definition, affordable housing means you spend 30% or less of your monthly income on housing. And that's difficult to do here. Uh, also, we have found that uh, the federal government would like, uh, by their standards, to have at least 10% of a community's housing as affordable housing. In Naperville right now, we have about 7%. And we've really struggled to get any higher than that. Yeah. So what we do is work with the city council, work with developers, uh, work with other folks who are in the housing industry to try and convince them that they need to provide that at least 10% uh, minimum for affordable housing for seniors. We have developed a guide that uh, will help people decide. It's called a design guide, and we worked with the AARP to develop that. So there's a whole three-page list, a checklist of things that should be in a home where seniors are living. Something as simple as having a lever door handle instead of a door knob. Mm. Um, wider hallways for walkers and wheelchairs if that becomes a necessity. Grab bars in the bathrooms. Uh, uh, sockets, light sockets or electrical sockets that are about 30 inches off the floor so you don't have to bend over as far to plug something You need something to be able to get in. back up, right? Yes. <laughs> plan, I know that one. <laughs> To, uh, so it's, all those things come into play. Sure. Uh, once we convince a developer to add seniors as, a, uh, as uh, someone who's going to live with them or use one of their units or housing, uh, then we go to with them with the checklist and say, okay, this is going to be a senior apartment. Here's what you need to do. Here's what we'd like to see you do yeah. to make it more user-friendly for seniors. It's kind of the opposite end of child-proofing your home, right? Exactly. It's really senior-proofing yeah. your home. And, yep. it, and you know, yeah. and we're all going to get there. That's the piece that we have to remember. Well, we we, will we all hope get there. we will, yeah. Yes, well, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> Good point. Good point. But, uh, but that's the idea. Okay. And, well, that's, that's awesome. Well, and I'm, I'm going to sort of transition a little bit with Lisa because um, another big area that you're working on with the Senior Task Force is the whole dementia-friendly, well, dementia-friendly America, but you've got a really big project here with dementia-friendly Naperville. Correct. So talk a little bit about that. So dementia-friendly America and dementia-friendly Naperville are um, organizations that seek to increase awareness, uh, reduce stigma, and increase support for people living with dementia in our communities. So we've uh, instituted a number of different programs. Our most successful at this point is the Memory Cafe. And the Memory Cafe was started to increase socialization for people living with dementia as well as their care partners because they're often isolated because of the disease. Um, so this gives them a chance to socialize with other people in similar situations, get out of the house for a while. Um, we hold the Memory Cafes once a month on the second Tuesday of every month at the Naperville Public Library, 95th Street, okay. um, from 2 to 3.30. And we do different activities each month, um, usually based on the time of year. And so we'll do um, arts, um, some craft projects, lots of games, music. Um, from time to time, we have uh, guest speakers, educational speakers. And of course, we always have refreshments because what would a cafe be without food Absolutely. and drinks? 
some food and drink, yes That's please. Right. That's right. And it also gives them a chance to form support networks yeah. um, and share, you know, ideas and how are you going about this or, you know, sharing ideas for caregiving and, and so forth. Yeah, I think, you know, it's um, having experience with different people, it, it can be so isolating, as you said. Mm -hmm. And I think particularly as you talk about the caregivers, right? Uh, you know, sometimes it's like the person who's actually experiencing it is quite fine. Right. But the person who's having to cope with that transition and see it play out with a loved one, they're often the ones that really need that support and that help and that socialization, right? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And so this gives, you know, helps both of them. And um, we're really proud of that program. We're increasing participation each month as the word starts to get out more and more. And um, yeah, everybody seems to have a really good time while they're there, both the person living with dementia and, yeah. and their care partners. Yeah, that's wonderful and, and such an important thing. And I think we're so lucky in this community that you as a task force are raising those conversations, mm -hmm. right? Because it's all about, you talked about the resource guide, but it, it's about elevating conversation and awareness. And, you know, the more people we get talking about it, the more ideas we get about it, the more, you know, Absolutely. positive direction. Yep. Well, in addition to the wonderful things that Lisa does with that program, we have just developed a dementia-friendly Naperville resource guide. And it's pretty substantial. It's 33 pages. Uh, it can be downloaded from our website. And that covers a lot of things that, that caregivers don't know about or that the uh, legal, financial, uh, just everyday things that caregivers need to know, resources that they may need in the community that a lot of them aren't aware of. And this has just been a great, great uh, uh, item for us to develop as the, uh, as the resource guide. Uh, we used to have a trifold resource guide that was not all that substantial, but this one is a 33-page guidebook that will help caregivers through a lot of things. And it's going to become even more important. You know, uh, a lot of our viewers don't know there are more people in the United States over the age of 65 than under the age of 18. Yeah. So this is something that's going to keep growing for quite a few years, we feel. Yeah. And uh, so it's important for us to, to get a handle on the resources that uh, that are going to be needed. Well, and I think when you're when you're in it, it can feel very overwhelming, right? So to be able to access resources that somebody who isn't feeling overwhelmed and trying to figure it all out, that's that's really providing that advocacy, that partnership, uh, and and what one would hope that a good community like Naperville would be putting forward and onto the table, right? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Lisa, you know, talk about, because I mean, it's a great, you know, we know Rob, he's a fun guy, but uh, talk about what's been, what's been some of the best parts about being part of the Senior Task Force. Um, I, I have to say, first of all, it's so rewarding working with such great people that all share the same passion, and that's to help seniors in our community, um, and especially those living with dementia. Um, and then the other rewarding part is obviously the Memory Cafe for me. Um, I have a personal connection to dementia. I have a grandmother and a father-in-law that both suffered with the disease. And I had wished at that time there, there would be something like this for them um, to help both them and their caregivers at the time. Um, so it really warms my heart when I see, you know, our participants come in each month with big smiles on their faces and enjoying whatever activity we're doing and laughing and helping support one another. 
um, and hearing, you know, things like we just made their day. Mm. And what they, a nice legacy, right? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, that they look forward to coming each month. And so that just really warms my heart. That's wonderful. Well, and I, I thank you for the work that you're doing because, as I say, we like to think we're all going to get to that senior right. stage in life uh, and would like to be where we've, you know, built our life, if you will. Nobody, I, I, the whole idea of moving suddenly away from where you built your life doesn't, mm. seems very foreign to me, but um, that's just me. So thank you so much for all the good work you're doing in the community. We really appreciate it on behalf of all the current seniors and those of us who will be seniors not too distant future. So thanks for coming by. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And to find out more about the Naperville Senior Task Force, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Busey Bank is proud to partner in building business and growing wealth since 1868. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the Young Naperville Singers is Angie Johnson. Welcome, Angie. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, it's so nice to have you with us. And, you know, you really, and I spoke to your organization through COVID, and my goodness, you weathered and got creative. But talk a little bit about now we're through it. What does it look like for you now? How many kids? How many choirs? What's well, the, the news? Yes, yeah, so we, we weathered it well. We were, and that was largely due to all of our support, like our community, our families. There was a good foundation. And boy, they just came behind us and rallied with tons of support. So, and we were just determined to do whatever it took to keep kids singing. So whether that was singing outside in the pavilions or we were on Zoom or, or whatever we could do, we kept kids singing. And so now, post-COVID, we are looking at, we had 10 choirs this year. We're adding a, an 11th in the fall, and we are currently at 450 singers, which is an all-time high, even from before COVID. That's so awesome. It's wonderful. Yes. We, we, yeah, we can't believe it. <laughs> we're, we're kind of pinching ourselves because it's, it's a little bit of an anomaly, even across the country, and I really think it's due to the support of our families and our community and grants in the local community that have supported us. So, yes, we're very excited about that. Our new choir, Voci, means voices, and it will be catered to kindergartners. So oh. now with our Music Together program, which is for preschool, we will reach preschool all the way through seniors in high school. That's wonderful. I mean, that really is kind of giving kids that opportunity to grow and whole families potentially yes. to grow as they all age through together. It's something that yes. all kids and family could do, right? Yes. So it's a whole, it really is a family experience. Yeah. We like to welcome everybody and say, welcome to the YNS family. You're all going to be involved in some level. Um, yeah, we had four, we had 31 seniors. Four of them have been with YNS for 12 years. That's amazing. So we call that our 12 year club, which I think is remarkable. Spe yeah, it speaks a lot, right? Yes. yes. Yes, it does speak a lot. Well, and to that point, you've got, you're starting your 40th anniversary season in the fall. Yes. That's an incredible accomplishment right there. So what have you got planned? So 40, we, we are, 40th anniversary, number one, I just can't believe that. 
Um, right? This you're, is my, you're not old enough for that. No, well, and I have not been around 40 years. So this is my 24th year. So I'll be celebrating 25 years next year with YNS. But when I think back to all of the growth, we, there's just so much to celebrate. So our goal is we're just going to celebrate all year. Mm. So 40 performances across the community, 40 people you should know. Um, anything we can think of around the number 40. Then we're bringing in um, special guests and clinicians and anything we do, we're saying we're just gonna take it to the next level and really do it up big next year. So the kids have a, uh, just a wide variety of experiences. Uh, we are commissioning at least four brand new choral works from composers and then those will be wor world premieres and then they will go into print and they will always say, you know, commissioned by the Young Naperville Singers in honor of their 40th anniversary. Ah, so that's going to be great fun. That's awesome. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's and fun. I remember speaking with you, I mean, during COVID, you, one of the things that I think you so brilliantly did was bringing in those educators and, and giving kids the opportunity to connect with people, whether they're composers or other singers. And to, again, yes. keep that educational piece and that curiosity piece going, right? Yeah. The question was not what we can't do. The question was, well, what can we do yeah what does this provide us an opportunity let's get creative what can we do that we normally don't normally have time for right and it became it was really a creative challenge that um, I really enjoyed personally I'm glad it's over yeah now you go overseas which I'm very uh, very jealous of internationally I if I could sing maybe I could go overseas and sing but I can't so I'll just go overseas uh, but you take choirs overseas so what have you got planned for this summer where are you going and so who's going we we appealed to our three oldest choirs the Bella Voce Bella Cantari and Canto Vivo and we said it's time let's start traveling again and we are going to travel over and go to Switzerland Germany and it, Northern Italy. Okay. And we give a series of concerts, and then of course we pop up, we sing everywhere we go. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we anticipated that we would have a good-sized group because we haven't gotten to travel in a long time. But we were blown away. We have the largest choir, tour choir traveling that we've ever had. 104 singers, I think. Oh my gosh. So there's about 125 of us total. 125, 130 of us going this summer for 10 days. And we can't wait. We can't wait to just go explore. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, they, they learn to perform, but they also learn to interact with the people all around them. Yes. The connections they make with each other is really powerful. So we just take our community and we want to go share it internationally. Yeah, I love that. Well, and so I think that kind of leads me to my next question, right, Angie? Because obviously the singing is important, and, and I know that that's, you know, at the bedrock of mm -hmm. your organization. But you also are really focused on young people in general, and the international tours and just what you said about that is part of that. So give us a little bit more about why you think YNS is so helpful in the lives of young people. So we know, you know, especially post-COVID, I've been thinking about this a lot. We know one of the biggest problems right now facing young people is just the loneliness factor. And they were isolated for so long. So, I, you know, I thought about how is it that we weathered this so well? Well, even on Zoom, you had this connection once a week with at least people that you felt very connected to. And that was very powerful. Music is our tool. I like to say mm. music is the tool in which we connect and create community. Yes, they're learning great vocal technique, and yes, they're learning about diverse types of music. But when they leave us, they're talking about, I learned how to be a great leader. I learned how to care about other people. I learned how to talk to other people. This was my home away from home. And at the end of the day, you're like, but what about the music? <laughs> you know, and you know that that's at the heart of what they loved. 
Right. But it's deeper than that. Music is your tool for really reaching young people and enabling them to be themselves and to connect to one another. Because the voice is personal. Yeah. My voice is not on the, it's on the inside of my body. So when I sing, I'm sharing a piece of myself. So mm. we have to work very hard and we're very intentional about creating this, this atmosphere where they feel like they belong. And in order for me to feel like I belong, I need to be known. So who are you? Let's get to know you. Let's get to know one another. Then they begin to sing freer. And th there's something magical about that. Yeah, when they feel safety. safe. It's a safe, yeah, yes. safe environment in which to really try to hit those notes. And That's right. Maybe sometimes I do them, maybe I don't. If you're Jane, you never hit them. But, you know, <laughs> for those that have talent, you know, it, yes. it gives you that freedom, right? Yes. And we have kids, we, we really like to say we're a place for kids who love to sing. They're not all talented. And that's a common misconception because when they hear the groups, they think, oh my goodness, they're amazing. But that's what happens when you bring together young people that all love to sing and you work together as a team. And our staff are really from the office to the board, to parents who are in the room every week, to our directors and our companies. You know, you can have everything, but if you don't have the right people on the bus, it isn't gonna work. And we've got people that on every team that Primarily, they love music, but they love young people even more. That's awesome. And that's really what makes Young Naval Singers special. So as we wrap up on that thought, uh, if I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to know more, I want to audition, what, what's the process like for auditioning? Very easy. Go to the Young, Young Naval Singers website, or you can call our office, but you just click on Learn More, the audition button. It'll take you, and you can fill out the form, and then we'll give you a call, and we'll have you come in. We audition third through 12th graders. Okay. And when they walk in, the goal is we want them to feel comfortable, and we want them to leave with a smile. So they come in, and we just do a series of music activities that are designed to put kids at ease, they leave with a little small gift from us, and then we're quickly able to return around and say, we think this is the right choir for your child. So we're gonna find the right place for every voice for them to best grow. That's wonderful. And we are already started. In fact, they're running auditions right now as I speak. Okay, so people so need to get- They get, need to get in there, yeah. Get on that website yes. and go check it out. Listen, we are so glad that you dropped by, and we wish you all the best uh, for the international tour. Make Thank sure you. you send back pictures. And then, obviously, as you launch your 40th, we'll be looking for all those 40th activities. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And for more information about the Young Naperville Singers, please go and visit their website. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us today on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.org. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on social media. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thanks for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. You see, your dream, our promise.